Welcome to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast, the show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Puina. This episode is sponsored by the BizBabe Collective. The BizBabe Collective is an online membership for service-based female business owners just like you to connect with a group of supportive women that will help hold you accountable so you can reach your biggest goals. When you join over at the BizBabe Collective, you'll get access to a full directory listing, educational workshops, tech tutorials, virtual co-working sessions, accountability support, and so much more. I myself am hosting one of the monthly workshops, which actually should be the one coming out in September. So I'm going to be there right from the very first month. And I'd love for you to be in there to tune in and check it out right when it goes live. I'll have a direct link to join in the show notes. And also linked in my bio on Instagram at Polina PR. And you can find all the information about the site at isbabecollective.com. Now on to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to talk about influencers, how to use them and how to work with influencers, reach out to them and work with them on behalf of your brand in order to grow your reach and expand your visibility. I think a lot of people are familiar with the concept of working with influencers these days. It's a fairly common and well-known marketing tactic um, technique that a lot of brands use. We see a lot of big brands, obviously, who are clearly paying big money for sponsorships. But we also see smaller ones where, you know, maybe somebody's using a product or talking about a service that they experienced, um, presumably for free or something like that. And whether or not your brand is, you know, a huge international brand or just a local mom and pop type of shop, there are ways that you can use influencers. So I want to talk about how to exactly go about doing it. I think people... People see it as a a low-ish barrier to entry type of marketing tactic, but still feel unsure about where to start. And I think just not knowing exactly what to do kind of holds people back. And it doesn't necessarily have to. I think it, as with most of the things I talk about, I think it's not as hard or difficult as you think it might be. And just kind of having a bit of a plan and thinking about what you want to get out of you know, what you're doing and um, how it should work can kind of be all you need in order to feel better about getting started and just taking the first couple steps. So there are a couple of things just kind of about how to go about the process that I want to go over. Um, because I think this is something that most people could do with their brand. I mean, if you want to, I also don't think it's necessarily necessary for every brand. But I know a lot of people do um, want to at least think about it, want to at least look into it and see if it is something that's right for them. So I mean, honestly, the first thing you have to do is just find a few influencers to reach out to. It's as simple as finding them on Instagram, assuming that's, you know, most of the time we're talking about Instagram influencers here. And you can look them up in all the ways that you would, you know, you probably already honestly have come across the people that you would want to reach out to. But of course, if you're going to be conscious about having this be part of your strategy, you want to do a little extra research, probably see if there are people out there that you don't already know about, people who maybe would be better for your brand than the ones you do know about. Maybe you follow some, but you know they're pretty huge and you know that they either wouldn't be the right fit for your local brand or you know that they're probably 
charging thousands of dollars. So maybe you want to start a little bit smaller and there's nothing wrong with that. You can look up hashtags, obviously, that you would probably use for your brand or things that are relevant to your brand or the niche that you're in. Also, you can look to the people you already follow and the people that they follow and the things they're talking about to see who else is kind of in that area. And you can also look up by location, see who's posting in your in your actual town or community, If especially if you want to start on a more local scale. And you just have to see who kind of resonates with you, who looks like somebody that you would want to work with, which probably means somebody who would actually use your product or service, you know, someone who aligns with your brand and just kind of looks like they embody what you would want to align yourself with. And then you want to get as familiar as possible with their content. Like what is their style? What is their overall look? Does it look like something that you're brand or service would fit in with? Does it look like, like literally the physical look of, of the images? Does it look like something that you would want to use? You know, if they took pictures of your product and posted on their feed, um, would you want to also take those photos and repost them on yours? That's honestly something to think about. Some people have a very specific filter that they use for all their images or a very specific style of posts. If you can tell right off the bat that they're not necessarily something you would use. I mean, that's a personal choice. Sometimes you might still think just reaching their audience is obviously fantastic. And if you think that they're the right people, it still could work. But if you're thinking about this also as a way to gain content and get to use these photos later on and things like that, um, that's something to think about. But either way, get familiar with it. You want to, even if even if you don't care if it's, you know, a different look than what you usually look, you know, maybe you are very bright and white and airy for all of your product shots and that type of stuff. But you find an influencer who seems like they have a perfect following, um, perfect, you know, everything is lined, but they have a very, you know, washed out, yellow toned imagery on all across the board. That could be fine as long as you're aware of that, you know, as long as you are aware of their style. So when you reach out to them, you're not going to say you know, please photograph this on a white, you know, super white, like bright, airy background. You know, you just want to be aware of that because you don't want to expect them to be doing something that's not at all what they would do. They're just probably not even going to entertain the idea of a partnership if you don't seem to even understand what they do. Um, So either way, make sure it fits with whatever makes sense for you. Make sure you are just familiar with it. Know what to expect in terms of their content and as much as you can about how they work. And keep in mind here, you know, so I'm saying pick a few. I don't think you have to start with like a list of, you know, 50 people. Start with a couple that you can get as familiar with as possible. Obviously, you have specific goals here. You want either someone who's going to be sharing about your brand so that people will come and follow you from from them or who will maybe purchase something or sign up for something, whatever it is. Um, Keep in mind, obviously a certain percentage of the people who see that post might act on it. A pretty small percentage. And that's not necessarily saying that you need to have only people with a super huge following. There's definitely, definitely something to be said for the more micro influencers who have maybe less followers, but they might actually be more influential to those followers. So that, you know, maybe there's somebody with only a thousand followers, but if 10 people do something based on seeing their posts, that's more influential than if somebody has a hundred thousand followers, but then only, you know, still only 10 people would take action sometimes, you know, so it just depends. But also keep in mind that 
even if you do all the right vetting and you think you found the exact right people who are perfect for you and you think they seem like they have a great following and the, their audience you know, seems to love everything they do and you think will act on things that they do and say, there's always going to be certain ones that you'll have better results with than others. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you know, one of the influencers is just not, is not as good, not as influential, not as, you know, real as another one. Sometimes two different brands can have completely different results with the same influencer. And it just depends, but just keep that in mind. Obviously you want to kind of vet it as much as you can see that your thing is going to be something that resonates with as many of their followers as possible. And so you'll have the best chance of, you know, success there, but there's always going to be some that have better results than others. That's just how life is. So there's always going to be a certain amount, you know, a margin that you just can't quite predict. And that's why I think it is good to start with a couple. Don't just reach out to one and then be like, oh, this didn't work. You know, reach out to a couple and see how it goes. See which ones you get the most success from. And don't necessarily feel terrible that you know you sent product or whatever it was to this other one where you only got you know a smaller percentage of people who either came to find your brand from there or made a purchase or whatever it was. That's just the way it works. That's just the way life is. So just you know do it with a few and consider your overall success the success. Don't necessarily you know feel like oh I just totally wasted my time and money and effort with that one. And I should have only gone with these other ones because there's just honestly, you just don't know. So anyways, once you think you have found the ones that you want to reach out to, find their contact info. It's usually fairly easy. They often will have an email address right on their account and or will have a button for emailing or some other way to get in touch for collaborations um, because they usually want to. If they don't have easily available information, then you can message them. And you can either message them saying, hey, I have... um." you know, a question I wanted to talk to you about. Do you have an email address I can reach you at? Or you can even consider having your initial outreach take place over the messenger. Obviously, you want to have a fairly short and sweet message in that case, because nobody's going to sit there and read a whole email on like their Instagram messaging. But you could make your first quick initial ask that way. And going back to what this should be, I mean, you do, you want it to be a question. You know, you want to make it as easy as possible once you, once you do reach out to them. So you want them to just be able to just be like, yes, you know, just an easy yes. And have that be all the answer they need because you don't know how much time or effort they're going to spend on their emails and replying to you. So make it as easy as possible for them to answer, make it clear so that they'll know what exactly you want without them having to go back and forth and ask because they might not do that. You know, it's just like with any other media pitch if you've heard any other episodes on here, you know, you want everything kind of laid out as much as you can at the very beginning, because there's no guarantee they're going to get back to you. And there's no guarantee that if it sounds like it might be a little bit complicated for them, um, you know, or require a little more work or effort to figure out exactly what it will be, they might not bother. So have your message be really clear, have your message, ask for what you want and tell them exactly how it could happen from your end. Of course, you want to have flexibility there. You don't want to make it seem like this is exactly what I need and I'm just asking you for stuff. Say yes, but you want to, I think you know what I mean. Like you want to have it as clear and simple as possible with them knowing what it is that you want. And also you can say, you know, that you're open to discussing it. So specifically, you want to know what you want them to do and what you're going to offer them, basically. 
What are you asking them to do for you? And what are you going to offer them in return? So you've already found your influencers. You've found their contact info. You know exactly the type of stuff they post. You probably know the type of stuff they don't post. You know what they like. You know, you know their personality and you know their preferences because you've done all that research and you have been following them and you know what they post about. So you should have a sense of what you can expect. Um, so maybe you went into this thinking you wanted you know, a certain type of kind of promotional post on somebody's feed, but you see that they never actually um, post something with a discount code on their feed or something like that. I mean, honestly, most of them do. So that's maybe a bad example. But if you see that they never do, that's probably not something you want to ask for them to do because it's not their style for whatever reason. They just don't do it. Try to have a different ask. Try to have a realistic ask. If you see that they will often, you know, post their outfit and you want to send them, you know, your new headband and, you know, they post outfits and link back to the brands or, you know, post about the, about what they're wearing and information on how to buy it, then that's a great ask. That's a good person for you to reach out to and say, I would love to send you one of my headbands. In return, I would love for you to tag me in your post and direct people to my account and how they can purchase it too. Something like that. Keep it simple. Keep it based on what they already do. And if you really, really want to only reach out to people who are going to do discount code, then that's just not your person. Find people who actually do that. Okay. So specifically, you have to tell them what exactly you're going to offer too. So this is their job and they put a lot of time and effort into it. So anything you're asking them to do has to be worth their while. You know, you might think, oh, it's so fun. Like, I'd love to be an influencer. I just get free stuff all the time. I get to, you know, do all this stuff, take pictures. But this is honestly usually their job. Or, I mean, if it's not, then it's at least part of their job. They're making money at it. This is a business for them. They put time into it. So they're not going to do it for free. Okay, keep that in mind. Unless you are starting super, super micro and you are fine for whatever reason, you want to start with really small influencers or super local. I find that with super local ones, sometimes you also can, they can be a little bit easier to work with because they really are interested in sharing local things from their neighborhood, things going on, whatever it is. um, And they're more dedicated kind of to sharing that type of stuff, even if there's less in it for them, sometimes can be the case. But most of the time, they do expect to either get money or to get free product that they would actually want and use and it feels worth it to them. And one thing to keep in mind is that you have to be kind of a little bit careful about that because you don't want to assume that your product is worth it to them, but you also obviously want them to think it is. So I think you can kind of word it a little bit carefully so that, you know, you say, you know, I really am hoping that if I could send you some product in exchange for this and that, and that's what, what you want, like whatever it is for a post or, you know, to talk about it in your Instagram stories, to unbox it in your Instagram stories. And in exchange, you can keep the product and, or, you know, you can offer to send multiple of the product, like a couple different items or a couple different kinds. Um, so that they're getting a little bit more than the cost of one item. If, if it's kind of a small item and you want to really make it worth their while and just, you know, leave it open and say, let me know what you think. Let me know if this is something you could work with. And a lot of times, to be honest, if they are the type who only are willing to do it for money, then they'll just reply back and say, yeah, this sounds great. Here's my rate card or something like that. Or this sounds great. My, I usually charge this much money per post and it will include an Instagram story and a post and this and that. 
And then you might want to reply and just say, listen, um, I totally appreciate and understand this. I don't have any budget right now. If you can't do it for the cost of the product, then I might have to pass for now. And that's totally fine. That's just part of the conversation, but you don't always know that. So it's worth reaching out and trying. And or if you do have some advertising budget set aside for this year, or you can find some or create some, then, you know, keep an open mind. What's tricky is that you don't know how much somebody is going to charge beforehand. It's hard to tell what the kind of going rate is because different influencers really do charge vastly different amounts. And it just depends on how they're choosing to run it as a business. And some will honestly say, yeah, it's $100 for a post. And some will literally say it's $1,000 for a post. And they might have the exact same amount of following, very similar accounts. You know, from the outside, you'd have no idea why or how one would be charging that much more than the other. Um, But they do. And a lot of that is partly, I think, that it's just a very unregulated kind of industry and people just don't know what other people are charging. I also think a lot of them do start out as kind of a hobby and aren't paid or expecting to be paid at the beginning. And so some of them just take longer to kind of gain that confidence or whatever it is that then leads them to want to be asking for more money. So it just depends kind of on who you catch and how you catch them. So it can be hard to know. And I will say, I am not an actual expert on this. I have only you know done what I have done on behalf of my clients. And I have, these are kind of the experiences that I've had, which is to say vastly different experiences for different, <laughs> for different um, influencers, even if they seemed very similar. But I do have an actual expert coming on who is going to be in one of the next couple of episodes. So you can be sure to listen back for that in terms of kind of the legalities of how it works and just how to know, like, if you really want to know how you're, if you're doing this part right, she is actually an influencer herself. So she's been on that side of things, but also now has a company that connects influencers and brands. So she'll talk, I think, a lot more on just kind of how much people don't really know what to expect for these things. Even the brands and even the influencers don't really know what each other are expecting or going to want or going to need. And so that's where it can get really tricky. And that's honestly where if you do want to go with kind of an intermediary (laughs) like her company where they'll connect you and they'll know who is worthwhile to reach out to and how to do that. That actually can be very useful as well. So yeah, listen in for that one. But basically what I'll tell you is from my experience, I'm reaching out from the brands side of things is that it can be really hard to know, but just ask, just reach out to the ones that you think make the most sense for you and be open to their response because some will be very open and I'm excited to work with you. And some will just say, yeah, here are my rates and I'm not going below this. And if that's not money that you had planned to to set aside, you just say, okay, thank you so much. Like I'll keep this in mind for the future right now. I don't have budget for this. And they're going to say, okay, fine. Um, You know, I mean, you can try to negotiate, but I don't, I don't necessarily recommend it. I partly think if somebody values their time and their work at that price, then that is what it's worth to them. And I don't necessarily feel like I'm in the space where I should be asking them to give me a better deal or something like that because I wouldn't want people to do that with my work. So that's personal preference with you. I do know sometimes people are open to negotiating or maybe it's, you know, well, that's your price for a set post and, you know, three stories. But what if we just did one story in a set post or what if we just did the three stories? Like, can can that be less? Because a lot of times people will charge more for a static feed post. So you kind of have to fill it out. But either way, I mean, I just want to circle back to, you know, Include the details of what you would ideally want 
and what you would expect of them when you're first asking for them if they want to work with you. And have this in writing. And even if it does go back and forth, you know, maybe they'll say, you know what, I'd love to work with you, but um, I just, I don't do discount codes in my feed captions or something like that, but I'll do a discount code on my stories. I mean, and if that's fine with you, then that's fine. And just make sure to kind of recap the whole agreement. If that, you know, happened on Messenger or on email, recap the whole agreement at the end. You know, once you've kind of decided on what these terms are, so you have it in writing, so you have it specific and everyone knows exactly what to expect. So you're not going to go into it being like, oh, I thought you had said you would put the the discount code in this caption and now it's not there. And I feel like it wasn't what we agreed to. And and she'll be like, yeah, no, that is what we agreed to. That's what I said I would do, whatever. So make sure it's super clear and make sure that, you know, if they do come back and have certain conditions or expectations on their end, you can be flexible if it works for you. Not saying that, you know, you write down what you need and then that's all that it can be. Be flexible because they might have certain ways that they know works the best for them to work with a brand. And you do want to be open to that because they've honestly probably worked with more brands than you have worked with influencers, unless you've been doing this a lot. But assuming this is your first stab at it, they probably um, have certain things that they do know kind of works or, you know, certain ways that they like to work in terms of how they want to get paid if you are going to pay them or how they want to receive the product, things like that. So yeah, once you have that all figured out and you kind of have, you know, dates in mind, what are they going to receive? When are they going to receive it? Or when are you going to mail it at least? Um, And when are they going to post about it? Those are kind of the main things. And then if it is something like a discount code, or you're asking them to have people do something specific, like sign up for something or something like that, what is the kind of end date for that? You know, when is that going to be open until how long is the code going to be working for? So you have all those dates specifically set in stone and you know what to expect. So then once you've sent out the package, obviously, whatever it is, making it super beautiful and looking really nice in case they, you know, if they're going to be sharing pictures of the actual package, follow up and make sure they received it when you think it should have gotten there. And, um, you know, say, I'd love to know what you think. Let me know how you liked it, whatever. Obviously, you expect that they're going to post about it if they like it because that was your agreement. But just, you know, don't be shy to check in, but don't be annoying about it if they haven't checked in and if they haven't posted something in a while. Because keep in mind, it might take a little while for the actual post to go up. But again, you should have a sense of when that would be based on your agreement. You know, they might have said, you know, I usually work about two weeks out. So if I get the package on Tuesday, like you can expect to see it by, you know, the week of the 23rd or something. And if you don't see it, anything going up that week, obviously, then you might want to check in. But also know, you know, editorial calendars always move around. Um, things change, things come up. So obviously, like I wouldn't be going super combative, like, uh, where's my post? I sent you this thing two weeks ago. You said it would go up this day. You know, you want to keep that relationship going because also now that you've worked with them, you might want to work with them in the future. You know, if you have great results and you loved it, you know, you might want to, you want to keep that relationship going just like any media relationship. So, you know, follow up, be friendly, thank them for it. Even if you paid for it, even if you did pay them for a sponsorship for this post, thank them for doing it. Thank them once it goes up, tell them how much you love it. You know, little things like that go a long way and you'd be surprised how much people sometimes don't necessarily think to do that. But yeah, keep the relationship going. They're a person. They are now somebody that's great. You can, you know, comment on their stuff. They're going to be more likely to reply back or comment on yours, things like that. They've already kind of established themselves as a fan of your brand. So that is fantastic and you want to keep using that. And so lastly, I mean, utilize the content as much as you can too. So if they, I mean, depending on the agreement, unless, you know, 
if somebody is a really kind of avid photographer and they're like, these are my photos, I own these photos. But if they're taking a photo of your product for their social media, usually you can use that again later on. You can use it however you want, but you should make sure to have asked that too. But anyway, depending on the agreement, you know, use use the photos on your own feed, share them on your own stories, share them wherever you can. And if they've if there's any other way that's appropriate to share it and to share that partnership, go for it. You know, use it as much as you can because they basically signed on to be a face of your brand, at least for that day and at least for that post. So um, go with it, you know, as, as I always say, take it as far as you can. So yeah, that's pretty much kind of everything I think from start to finish. I think if you've considered using social media influencers to extend your brand, you should give it a try. You can always try a few and just see if you feel like it's working well for you or not before you decide to reach out to more. Again, as I said before, you don't need to necessarily have a list of 50 people. I always kind of reiterate that when it comes to any type of outreach. I think people get really bogged down with the idea of reaching out to people and think that if they're going to do outreach, they need to really go for it. And I think there's nothing wrong with starting with a few. And when I say a few, I mean, do keep in mind, some of them aren't even going to ever email you back. Like some people might just not me into it and they might not ever get back to you. So don't only have like two people that you're planning to reach out to. Like I would have a couple on the list and maybe a couple backups. Um, so that if some of them do say like, no, for whatever reason, you know, maybe they don't feel that your brand aligns, even if you thought it did, or maybe they don't have any time in the next, you know, couple of weeks when you wanted something to go up, or maybe they just never reply. That will, you know, those things will all happen, but have, you know, four or five to reach out to at first and try that. And then if, you know, none of them reply, then find more, but don't feel like you need to have a ton of people and need to have this be a really overwhelming thing. Start with a few and see how it goes. And you're going to learn from every experience that you have every time that you reach out to somebody new. So you'll be able to use that knowledge the next time you go for it again. Okay. So to recap, find a few to reach out to find people who you think really align with your brand Get as familiar as possible with their content, with their style, with their look, the way they talk, the way they seem to portray themselves on their account. Make sure it fits with what makes sense for you and your brand. Find their contact information either right on their account or by messaging them if you have to. Put together a short and sweet little pitch, basically saying what it is that you would like for them to do and what you are going to be offering in return, whether that's product or money or whatever, and outline exactly what it is that you're expecting in terms of content, date, and any other kind of conditions or expectations. So that you both have that clear and in writing. They might even have a contract that they want you to sign. That depends on them and the way that they work. I mean, unless you have a contract that you want to use, I think most small brands don't because they haven't ever done it before or they haven't found that to be necessary, but some influencers will um, because they want to keep everything very official, which is fine. Just, you know, as long as it makes sense to you, you can go with it. Um, and then once you send the product, obviously in the time frame that you told them it would be coming to them, then make sure to follow up, make sure they got it and keep watching their accounts to make sure that they post about it and that you respond when they do and that you're ready for it when they do, because they might not actually like let you know that they posted. I mean, probably part of the partnership would be that they're tagging you you or your brand so you'd see it. But just in case, you know, keep checking in, make sure you're there and make sure that your brand is ready. And that's probably a whole different podcast episode, but make sure that if you're expecting to have a partnership that's going to result in 
more people seeing you, you know, that's probably the idea, right? Is to get in front of a wider audience. Make sure that you're going to be ready for it. Make sure that you have information on your accounts that makes sense that people will recognize. You know, if you send this headband to get featured in these people's accounts, make sure you have the headband on your page too. So people can come and find it right away and know, you know, if there are all these other colors and styles and things like that. So yeah, that might be another podcast episode is just like how to use this in the best way that you can so that you're actually really getting the most out of it as possible and making it a really great experience for everybody, the influencer herself, but also anybody who's going to find you from her because that's your first experience with them. It's their first experience with your brand. So it needs to be great and really draw them in and get them excited to be a part of your community and want to stick around and hopefully become a customer or client or whatever it is that your goal was. So yeah, that's kind of where to start. I think try it if you were considering it. And if you hadn't considered it yet, please do. And let me know if you try this and let me know who you reach out to and how it goes. I'd love to hear about your success and your experience. And um, as always, you can comment on the um, Instagram post for this episode for anything specific about your results or experience with the things you've tried with this episode. And we'd love to hear it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast so you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes with your favorite takeaway from this episode. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you heard on the show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and other links are always in the show notes and we're always happy to hear from you with thoughts, ideas, or even suggestions of someone you'd love to hear me talk to on the show. You can also submit guests online at polinapr.com slash podcast. Lastly, please drop a comment on the post for this episode on the podcast Instagram at female millennial entrepreneurs to let me know you listened. Tune in next time.